Welcome to the Lifestyle of Reverence podcast. My name is Rochelle Sheik, and I'm the founder of Koya. Koya remembers that everything is interconnected, lives a lifestyle of reverence, integrates the polarities of masculine and feminine, light and dark, and heaven and earth into wholeness. Koya honors the energy that moves outwards to the cardinal directions, to the north, to trust the physical sensation of truth in the body, to the south, anchoring your truth through doing your sacred work in the world, to the west, following the call of your soul to explore, and to the east, living your life as prayer. Koya also honors the energy that moves inwards to access your inner wisdom, inner creativity, inner sensuality, and inner light. Koya honors through movement, ritual, community, and pilgrimage, exploring the paths that point you back to your soul, giving you courage to enter the portal of possibility, to remember to remember. Our first series is about the call to create and that our bodies were meant to do this. We'll explore the themes of menstruation, pregnancy, hormonal cycles, and the value of lived experience in the body as a way to map the path of creation from idea to actualization. Welcome to the Wise, Wild, and Free podcast. My name is Rochelle Sheik, and I'm so honored to be here today with Betsy Blinkenbaker. She's a dear friend of mine and an author of several books. The first one is Autobiography of an Orgasm, and I'm really, really excited to bring her here. She's also a Koya teacher, so she is one of the ambassadors of this idea that through movement we remember that the body is a portal to the sacred and then she just took it to the next exponential <laughs> level like if we were talking about koi on earth and embodiment she's talking about it in the sense of the universe you know she really really takes this body as sacred very seriously very sincerely very reverently so i'm really really happy that you're here betsy and i'd love to jump in and and, and begin by asking you, specifically, we're talking about with you, the, the focus on sensuality is sacred and the sensual awakening and how that empowers you to be on your journey, to be really conscious on your journey. So any direction you want to take it, I, I would love to get the conversation going around this interweaving of sensuality, the sacred and the body. Mm, thank you. Well, I have to um, just smile at the introduction because I was thinking of the Rumi quote um, recently, you know, where, you're, where you are right now, God has circled the spot for you. And as you're describing uh, me as a, a Koya teacher, which part of Koya is dance and, um, and uh, an expert in sensuality, I'm I'm smiling in the best way because I was the one in four to one in three women that had experienced uh, sexual assault before the age of 18 um, in the world. So one in three of us. And um, I'm just turning 54 this week. And I was also, um, as a, a nine-year-old, asked to leave ballet as having no future whatsoever as a dancer. So that I am now... Um, you know, the two things, you know, I'm laughing about it, but it also, these young imprints in our, our bodies at a young age um, stayed with me all those years. And um, 
that I finally did not let uh, what happened to my body define me and, um, and really went on this, you know, quest to see, can I, can I feel anything um, at this point in my life? And it didn't start till I was 45. So I'd been married, I'd had kids, I delivered kids. And um, so I, I, like just hearing you introduce me, I, I'm like, I cannot believe I'm being, you know, introduced that way. But it makes me really happy because I, you know, you know, I stood up for myself and I did circle this place right now for myself, I, but I had to stand for myself and stop listening to what everybody else was telling me and start listening to myself. And Koya, you know, was a huge factor in that. Mm. And it was interesting with my sensual training that started when I was 45, just quietly deciding to research um, my body's ability to feel anything after so many years of feeling nothing. Um, I, you know, worked with sex experts. I went through um, programs that focused on uh, uh, orgasmic meditation or extended massive orgasm. Um, But I also just started listening to myself and that led me to my first Koya class. And I will never forget, you know, when you said... Um, you know, look for the place that feels good in the movement. And uh, at that point, <laughs> I'm, I was so disconnected from my body. And you're saying, look for, I was taking it and you're saying, look for the place that feels good. And I really had to sink in and, and, and work to find that place. And I thought, my God, for all these years, I have not looked for the place in my movement that feels good or in my life. And my Koya training was as instrumental in my sensual awakening as working with a sex expert because the expert I was listening to was myself, which we do. Mm. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so grateful that you presence that right away because I know for myself, I've done a lot of this training as well and I still feel like a novice, but I'm imagining for anyone listening to just realize that this was a journey that, that you went on and that you kept choosing yourself and, and developing the tools to reclaim this birthright to heal and come to this erotic innocence, but that it's not like you were, you know, we're born that way and raised in this like, you know, thing. It's like, you know, there was, there was real challenges and adversities that, that you had to face and move through. And the statistics, I'm so glad you said that too, because a lot of times for those of us, which is many of us, because those are even, I think, just reported statistics. So, you know, there's a lot of shame around those experiences that can really close our bodies down. And so what I hear in your story is just incredible amounts of hope, but then it's not even wishful thinking. It's like the fact, it's like we can heal and we can have this experience for ourselves and we can learn from others. But most importantly, the the teaching really happens when we go within and listen to ourselves. And so I love that you articulated that. It feels like such an empowering message for anyone that's listening. And it is so interesting. It's like, you know, you said it's the first time I really looked for what felt good in my body or my life. And it's, it's just so fascinating that, you know, we do have more of a 
pain problem culture than a um, pleasure what's going right. And I, my favorite example of that is just psychology. It's like positive psychology didn't even develop until like maybe I can't remember the exact date, forgive me, maybe 20 years ago. But versus it's like it just began for, as a study of what's wrong. Like we didn't even start looking for what was going right. So, yeah. And um, the other thing with my first Koya class, and, and you were so patient with me because, um, and I'm seeing this now as a Koya teacher, is I have people sign up and then, then uh, they can't come to the class or workshop for all the reasons that we are too busy to actually show up for ourselves. And I did that with you um, many times. I signed up for, you know, many retreats and then didn't come because something was always more important than me, you know, showing up um, to focus on what feels good in my life because I was too busy tending to all the things that didn't feel good. And, um, the one thing I love, the other thing that with my first class, I will never forget this either, is I was um, showing up at a very painful time of my life. And um, and I really thought I was just signing up for a week of, of like yoga, dance, meditation and massages. Like I'd get a good workout mm-hmm. and um, and then that was it. And, and you know, at one point in class, um, when you're asking me to stretch my heart open and, you know, I just wanted to keep my heart closed. And, um, but I loved that it was all the invitation to. So I, you weren't asking me to show up and be any different than what I was feeling. So I could stretch my heart open just in that moment of sadness. And it was incredible because instead of feeling, um, letting my sadness be small. It allowed my sadness to get bigger and I could feel it. And then by the end of class, it was interesting because my sadness is kind of, you know, was gone. And I was just so shocked that all of these, you know, doctors I'd went to, I mean, you know, the one thing that healed me was movement. Movement was my medicine. Mm. It's interesting. As you say that, I feel that, that sort of, um, saying you know feel it to heal it and it's interesting the teaching of movement as medicine allows us this opportunity to really come into the present moment and then merge with the feeling honor it see it look at it and then it can it can travel through and that I also that other saying like what you resist persists and it's 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 interesting for me I've explored that a lot in my body And then, but it feels like also in life, like, like just, just to really, really show up, be present, feel, and then keep moving versus the mind is very, you know, and I feel like you, you really model this so beautifully just in your presence and really being with people and being where you are. And, and so it's definitely been a, for me, obviously movement is medicine (laughs) and I love the way you articulated that. Can I tell you one little secret that's happened as a result of um, Koya and my writing? Yes, please. So I have uh, just finishing the follow-up to my first book, which was called Autobiography of an Orgasm. Um, and the follow-up is called Beyond O. So it's what happened after I released that book. And one of the things that happened was I had so many women writing to me from all over the world saying, me too, me too. Um, I can't believe you are 
sharing a story that I've been so ashamed about all these years. Me too. I see you starting to live again. Maybe I can too. Um, but I also had women that started saying, well, great that you were able to do these courses, but I can't afford to travel or I'm too old, it's too late for me, or I don't have a partner to do research with. I'm not in a relationship. I don't have a husband. I'm divorced. I'm in menopause. All these excuses. And I was like, I don't want all of these excuses to be a reason for a woman not to know her body and become the central authority on her body. Why are we waiting for somebody else? I was going to other people to tell me um, how my body works, you know, when I was writing my book. And so I took a, a year off um, when I was 52 of being in a relationship with anybody or having any lovers, no courses, no, um, no workshops. And as a way just to like research myself, be the uh, central authority on myself. And um, it's interesting, three things happened at the end of the year. I realized it was the most central year of my life. Mm. It was the healthiest year of my life. I was not sick at all. And it was the most creative year of my life. Like my writing flowed. So, um, you know, the idea of that we have to be in a partnership or, or how we define sex and sensuality in our culture as just being with a partner or, um, or just, uh, you know, to, to discover our inner um, erotic girl. Beyond that, um, there's ultimate health and vitality, joy, wellness, uh, creativity and my intuition is like spot on so um, it was just interesting like I, did, I I was only doing it to get the answer about like uh, my body and I was surprised these huge breakthroughs that I had I'm like why didn't anybody tell me this sooner <laughs> yes I feel so grateful that you are telling people and and I think that's really the interesting part about this conversation specifically and that interface of sensuality the body and the sacred is really seeing that it enhances our life force and our, and our connection to ourselves and our connection to the sacred and all those things that are nourishing. So, but I also, without telling people, okay, this is what's going to happen. I love the way that you're doing it and offering people to have an experiment and an experience and with themselves and making it accessible and, and sharing from your experience, all the positive things that you've been able to have in your life more so because of this exploration and it feels really, really inspiring. And I knew before I spoke to you today, I was like, Oh, I'm so excited because afterwards I'm just going to feel, and it's interesting, the language that I'm going to use. It's like the words that I want to choose. I'm going to feel like more sensual or I'm going to feel more juicy. I'm going to feel more feminine or I feel, I'm going to feel happier. But the truth is in this moment, I knew after talking to you, I'm going to feel more like myself. And I think that's really like the ding, 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 that, that I know that I'm really hearing from you is that this path has allowed you to come back to yourself. Exactly. One, I was thinking of, because we use the word in Koi a lot, feel good, go towards the feeling or go towards what's true. Yeah. For me, what it's ended up being is I, I'm authentic. Yeah. I'm, I'm me. I'm being more me. And, um, and, and sometimes that feels really good. And sometimes it feels a little uncomfortable too, mm -hmm. but it feels authentic. Yeah. And that is such a relief in this world today to feel authentic in a world that um, 
you know, we don't have that modeled for us. And there's consequences too, but I am, um, you know, I used to, uh, you have a choice of, of betraying yourself or betraying others, um, you know, by choosing to be authentic and I'm choosing to not betray myself anymore. Yeah, and it makes me think of the Dr. Seuss. It's like, those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. You know, because it's like, from one level of perception, we're betraying another. But the but our tribe, like, we'll just take our relationship, for example. Like, in my deepest, truest heart, what I want for you is what you want for yourself and what feels authentic to you. Like, I don't want you to betray yourself in some sort of alliance to me. Like I don't, in, you know, in the deepest truth, you know, it might be inconvenient <laughs> in like the flow of a day, but like deep. And so just really finding those relationships where we can go into, like, it's very humbling and it's very, um, it's very tender but that's like, you know, also these sayings, for some reason, I'm like full of adages today. It's like, you, um, you know, if you love something, let it go, like, let it be what it is, give it space. And, and so I definitely feel like that is that is a gift that we give people. And I know for the people in my life who are authentic, like you are, it's so sweet, because every time we do interact or anyone who's being really authentic does come to me. It feels so good because it's fully authentic, you know? And so it's just definitely a blessing. And, and I would say that um, I feel there's also just such a strong correlation between the resonance and sensuality and authenticity that the most, like the most erotic is in my experience, I'm curious what you think about this, but is what's the most true. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the biggest turn on. That's the biggest excitement of just like real raw life. Yeah. And once again, with my, you know, daily research, and it wasn't that I was, you know, in bed for six hours a day with myself, you know, uh, having self-cultivation, I was, um, choosing consciously just like we do in Koya um the next movement that feels good I was choosing consciously during the day what is going to feel good to my body is it going to feel good to rush out of bed so I can get to an early morning yoga class or is it going to feel really good to slowly give myself a three-minute massage mm-hmm. um, and also to know the interior of my body as uh, the interior of my vagina, as well as I know the exterior of my body. So, um, you know, there's something as simple as called uh, vaginal mapping, and it's just pressing on each part of the inside of your vagina. And um, just to know, like, what's going on, you know, right now. It's not the same every day. So that's why when we have, uh, you know, sex with a lover, it's not the same every time because our, you know, our bodies hold things in different areas. So it's just like, really knowing, you know, the inside of your body as well as, you know, the outside of your body. I love the journey that you've been on because it really highlights something culturally that's so fascinating, which is the lack of information and education about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you're offering this to women through your personal experience, through your stories, through your studies. And I know there's so many tools and resources that you have. So I feel like this is also a good place to start to close our interview and, and share with people how they can learn more about your work. Cause obviously we could go on for hours here and Betsy has so much to offer. So Betsy, what's the best way that they can stay in contact with you? 
The, um, my website is BetsyBlankenbaker.com and also on Instagram, same name and Facebook, same name. And I, um, so between the three of those, that's a good way to find me. And then also, you know, anybody can feel free to send me a messages through the website, through social networking, if they have something coming up, um, uh, especially if they're reading the book um, and uh, things are coming up for them, you know, feel free to contact me and, and we can chat through it. Um, but I'm available. I'm around. I don't have a physical home anywhere in the world. So. <laughs> she's, she's a nomad. She's blessing the earth um, wherever she goes. So, Thank you, Betsy, so much. And, of course, we'll have all the links on our website as well. And so grateful to have you here on the Wise, Wild, and Free podcast. And so grateful to, to learn from you and to journey alongside you. And a prayer and a blessing for all of us listening here today that we may be able to see a little bit more easily, a little bit more clearly, the next thing that feels good in the body and more than feeling good, that feels true, that feels authentic. And may when we follow that thread, it guide us back to ourselves and in a realm of protection and in a realm of conscious celebration for all the pleasure that is here when we are willing to meet it. So thank you so much, Betsy, and thank you everyone for being here. To continue the conversation, visit us at koya.love, Q-O-Y-A dot L-O-V-E, and lifestyleofreverence.com for more information about movement, rituals, community, and pilgrimage.